Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly stop down of District 4 athletics in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey uh, joined by today party planner Scott Burton. What's up, Scott? Woo, I tell you what, this week is absolutely insane. Uh, a cluster, uh, some would call it. Uh, there is so much going on, and I feel like I am planning like 50 events and parties and banquets and whatever, hence the party planner. So like, for example, you know, not just, you know, hosting our regular slew of games and things that we do. Um, tomorrow, we have four games right in a row with the 1A D1s coming in. And so um, I've had to kind of reroute our PE classes because um, it's going to start while we're in, in still in school. And, you know, kind of get the locker room situation going because we will have PE classes that need in there. So uh, doing all this stuff, planning all these events, and then I'll be on the microphone for those four games as well, um, is just a, a drop in the bucket. Because Saturday here at Jerome is an absolute zoo. We're going to have a volleyball tournament all day uh, until about 4.30. And then they're going to move into the other gym. But at 4.30, they're going to vacate the main gym. I'm going to go in and set up a basketball game because I have two more 1A games coming in. But at the same time that those games are happening, in the cafeteria, we have our Hall of Fame, Jerome High School Hall of Fame dinner going on. And then we're moving that into the auditorium for the Hall of Fame presentation. Meanwhile, I've got two basketball games going on simultaneously, uh, as well as a volleyball tournament. And, um, oh yeah, and I have to coach a little newborn giraffe basketball in the afternoon. So I am the party planner, <laughs> juggler, mad hatter. I'm tired. We, we talked about this last week. Uh, if you need to get a hold of Scott for anything, anytime yeah. between 312 and 316 a.m., you're good. <laughs> that's, that's about right. But then you better make an appointment. <laughs> yeah right for sure um so yes uh, we're going to be talking about girls district uh, basketball in just a second i gotta ask though you know when i was uh when i was a kid i mean my school never got to host anything like tournaments because we weren't a great facility but uh, i've seen in my years of broadcasting now that like you know at, at jerome if you're hosting games during the day um don't the pe classes just get to kind of chill and watch the game or you got them off doing something else well, you know what? We've got uh, standards and objectives we have to accomplish here. And uh, this, we just don't take days off from our education. Okay. So they're going to be doing other things. Plus, on top of that, games start at 3, school's out at 3.15. So, yeah, I don't know. Ah, gotcha. So we're going okay. to pretend they're doing something very academic in the other part of the building. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, standards and... Uh... Objectives. objectives that's going to be okay. the title of the the podcast so nice nice that'll be good um okay so way out of that one my friend yeah well the objective here is to break down what's going on in the girls basketball postseason and that is exactly nice. what we are going to do um if you are watching uh this podcast at the idahosports.com youtube channel 
Uh, I'm going to share my computer screen and, and pull up the brackets. You'll be able to see the brackets on your screen and follow along that way. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, maybe make your video full size. Take up the whole screen. That way you can see the bracket a little more clearly. If you're listening audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, no worry. We've got all of the district bracket tournaments, not just for District 4, but every district across the state of Idaho. Right smack dab top of the homepage at IdahoSports.com. You can follow along that way as well. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. Let's see if this works. There it is. The first bracket we're going to break down, Scott, is the tournament that actually got started the earliest. Uh, it is the Great Basin Conference, District 4 at Class 4A. Uh, this is a seven-team league. There's always that play-in game between six and seven, and then from there it's a six-team double elimination affair. The play-in game was on Monday night. Wood River went to Burley. Burley picked up the win 42 to 28. So Burley now advances into the double elimination part of the bracket. And the matchups are actually taking place tonight, Scott. We are recording this on Wednesday, February 1st. The, the first round games are tonight. You've got number four, Mountain Home, hosting number five, Canyon Ridge. Number three, Jerome, hosting number six, Burley. Minico and Twin Falls, the top two seeds, they get first round buys and they await the winners of tonight's games. Yeah, this is a uh, this is going to be interesting to see what happens in this in this conference because, I mean, Minico for the longest time has been, you know, they've been top shelf and everybody else has really kind of been fighting for second. You know, they have one conference loss, eleven and one in the conference, uh, and that was a road loss over here at Jerome. But you know, you would have to think that Minico with you know Lada and Bot and Gonzalez, especially Lada. Um, They've got depth. They can play eight to 10 girls. They've got to be the favorites to win this, this conference. But I think the interesting thing is if nobody knocks them off, who is going to get that second spot to state? Because you look at everybody else. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, twins, the number two seed, but you know, they're, they're, they're a team that plays really physical defense. I mean, they've got, you know, really some good players. I mean, Hallie Egbert leads the way there. But you look at what they've done against the rest of the conference outside of Minico, right? They're 2-0 versus Jerome. Um, and those were – one was a three-point game. Uh, they're 1-1 one one against Mountain Home, 1-1 one one against Canyon Ridge. You know, and you go to the number three seed in Jerome – they're one and one against Minico, 0 and two against Twin Falls, one and one against Canyon Ridge, one and one against Mountain Home, two and zero against Burley, and then Mountain Home is exactly the same way. They have all beaten each other, and so outside of everybody not being able to beat Minico, everybody else has just been beating up on each other all season long. And so I think the interesting thing is where is the number two seed going to come from, assuming that Minico does what Minico has been doing all year and that's winning. I still lean and, and I, this is just a gut feeling. I still kind of lean. I like mountain home a little bit. Uh, they've, they've done this before coach Keener and Maddie Keener. And yeah, they don't have quite the size they did last year, but man, when you've got a lead guard like that, that, that really gives you a leg up. So yeah, you've got mountain home and Minico potentially, and, 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 and there's no guarantee mountain home even wins this game tonight. Right. I mean, they have to, <laughs> they have to get past the playing game, but um, I do think they're, they're set up to, even if it's on the backside of that bracket, 
um, mm -hmm. win their way through. I don't know, just a gut feeling I have, and I'll, I'll gladly come back and eat my words next week. If it's, <laughs> if it's not correct. Well, they, but. You, they definitely have that experience on that side, and they've got a great coach in, in Brent Keener, but uh, the Mountain Home Tigers go as Maddie Keener goes. And she's one of those players, much like C.J. Lotta, that they're the ones that kind of, you know, they're the straw that stirs the drink. And, and if they're on and they have been on pretty much all season, then who's going to help them step up, right? So Mountain Home is going to rely heavily on Maddie Keener. Um, you know, and, and Jerome is, you know, they're playing Burley tonight. They've beaten Burley twice, but that doesn't really mean anything because, you know, zero, zero, blah, 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 district who knows? And it's tough to beat a team three times during the regular season. But Jerome's the number three seed coming in. You know, and they've got a very balanced scoring because they don't have that standout player. Like, so when you play a team like Mountain Home, you play a team like Minico, um, even Twin Falls has Egbert as their standout. And Canyon Ridge has, I think, Ava Martin, you know, Teske on the guard line. But there are certain players on each team that you have to, to, to plan around. Jerome doesn't have that. You know, Jerome has like six, seven girls that can score seven, eight points a game. Their problem is they struggle at the free throw line and they drive me crazy when they turn the ball over like they do. Right. So they are their own worst enemy there. So if they kind of tightened up there, who knows? It might be them uh, for Canyon Ridge. Don't count them out. They're the ones that have the solid post in six two Ava Martin. So you're going to get point production in the paint from Canyon Ridge. And I mean, you can make an argument for any of these teams and Burley is better than their record. They have been playing a lot better as of late. I'm not out to discount them as the number six seed, um, but they've got to get a road win tonight at Jerome. So yeah, I don't know. Throw a dart at the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so yes, the, the battle between all of these teams, two bids available to state is going to be fascinating to watch as that all unfolds. All right, let's go just down to the next classification class three. A this is the, the, uh, S C I C. And we already had the first round games. These took place on Monday night as well. Uh, Filer, the one seed Buell, uh, is the three seed. Kimberly is the two seed. So it's Filer one, Kimberly two, Buell three, Gooding four chalk so far. Filer beats Gooding 64, yeah. 27, uh, Kimberly beats Buell 48 to 18. And so now you've got this showdown. Uh, these games are taking place tonight as well. Scott at the mm -hmm. college of Southern Idaho CSI, you've got Buell against Gooding in a loser out game at six. Filer and Kimberly will play in that undefeated semifinal at 7:30. The talk all year has been Kimberly, Kimberly, Kimberly. They've got Mikel Wright, this great post player. Stanger does a great job inside. They've got all this size, and yet mm -hmm. it is Filer who swept Kimberly in the regular season. It's hard to beat the same team over and over and over again. Can Filer do it again? Well, Filer hasn't lost a conference game in three years, <laughs> so Filer has owned this conference. Uh, recently. And, uh, you know, th this is probably the most relaxed district tournament of the bunch. And here's why, because I think it's Filer and Kimberly and then everybody else, even though Kimberly did stumble against Buell, it, it's still Filer and Kimberly and two teams out of here get to go. Right. Yes. So Filer and Kimberly, um, it kind of makes it a little easier 
But uh, the top two teams are going to go, and there are clearly two top teams in this conference in Filer and Kimberly. You know, and they've played twice. Filer beat them 54-49 and 52-49. So they have been very close games. And so really I think what's happening here is who wants to be the conference champion? And uh, Kimberly and Filer have had some battles. In fact, the, the two games that Filer won, they trailed in both of those games by like nine and 10 points and had to crawl their way back into it uh, to get a win. So, you know, I think uh, with both of those, whoever makes the championship game, I think, you know, they're going to relax and have, you know, hey, we're going to state, but who wants to be the conference champion? Yeah, you you bring up a great point there with the two bids to state and the way you phrase that question, who wants to win the conference title? It reminded me of the old, who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> the way yeah. you, uh, <laughs> you said that. Yep. Uh, Okay, so so you're right. Both of those teams look like good bets to advance to state. Uh, I've been launching a new feature on the website, idahosports.com. It's a daily bracketology for girls basketball based on what's happening at districts. If state started today, who would be in? What would the seedings look like based on the max preps rankings? And right now, uh, you've got Filer and Kimberly locked in as the last two seeds. Kimberly would actually be the seven seed. Filer would be the eight seed. And I think huh. this is a microcosm of aggressive scheduling and also playing up against all of those really talented 4A teams from the Great Basin Conference. That's hurting Kimberly and Filer a little bit here. Well, it, it hurts and it helps at the same time. I mean, they are subject to play whoever's in their area because things have become so localized with scheduling that, you know, if you're in the Boise area, why would you even leave? Because you got everything you want there, the three A's here have a a huge. Um, I don't want to say an advantage, but they have they have a huge luxury of having several solid four A teams that want to put them on their schedule because they're in the area. And so Filer and Kimberly, although may get hammered with their rankings and stuff by doing it, they're getting better as a basketball team because they're playing up. Um, you know, so Filer and Kimberly. Yeah, who wants to win the conference conference title? You know, Filer coming in at thirteen and nine, but six and zero oh in conference, and uh, Kimberly fourteen and seven overall, three and three in conference, two losses to Filer and one to Buell. But you know, nothing against Buell and Gooding. I mean, they are a distant third and fourth. I mean, Buell is rebuilding under you know Coach Montgomery. Used to be Jessica Twos, now it's Jessica Montgomery. Uh, she will she will do a great job getting that program back, and then Gooding. You know, when they lost Milliken late in the season, I mean, that was their player. And and that's just a tough one to recover from. So, you know, again, this conference, it's Filer and Kimberly. Who wants to win? Yeah, you're right with Buell. I think they're a year away. I think they're a year early right now. But uh, watch out for Buell next year, I think, especially. So, yeah, that's what's going on uh, at the 3A level. Uh, okay, we keep shrinking the field. We went from seven teams to four teams. <laughs> We're going to go down to two teams now. I've got to actually bring the bracket up here. This is the uh, the two-team affair. Declo, Wendell, best of three-game series. Declo gets to host the first two games. Um, the first game is tomorrow night, Thursday at 7 o'clock. Then they'll play the following Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, we really like Declo here. They're kind of, the yeah. to me, the overwhelming favorite. Oh, overwhelming favorite. I mean, Declo, even though they come in with a losing record of 8-12, and 12, they have owned Wendell. Uh, the two matchups they had were 20-plus points, both of them. 
you know, and so unless Declo absolutely collapses, um, I don't see anybody getting past uh, the Hornets here. I mean, they've got, you know, their post player is only five five. You know, uh, Bryn Silcock, and but she's quick and she finishes well, and even a short stature, she is a tough one to handle in the paint. And you know, and Declo can complement with some, you know, some some guards like uh, Lily Mallory, who's an excellent ball handler. She makes things happen. So Declo's got some players, you know, Wendell, on the other hand, they're pretty young and they're going to get a lot of these players back. And so it's going to be interesting to see where Wendell does with the growth of these young players, because I mean, they've got a freshman in Tanley Lemoyne that can just get heated up and, and just get hot and start making shots. And, and she's a freshman, you know, so Wendell is, is poised and set up for maybe next year, the year after that, um, you know, but they do have some size inside with Maddie Myers, who stands 5'11". It's not like they don't have weapons. They're just young, and Declo owns them still. So I see Declo advancing without a problem. Yeah, and, and no matter what happens here, you know, Declo or Wendell, uh, they are pretty much slotted in as that number eight seed at state uh, in the 2A ranks. And uh, to me, 2A is interesting. You know, you've got this juggernaut Melba at the top, but then from there, I think anybody could be capable of playing Melba for the championship. Two-way girls hoops has been pretty wide open this year. Speaking of things that have been wide open this year, let's move to our favorite league, Scott, the 1A D1 Snake River Conference, this big logger jam of teams at the top. You had you had the you had you had the play-in games on Monday, 10 versus 7, 9 versus 8. That both went chalk. Valley, the 8 seed, beat Hanson, the 9 seed, 61 to 27. And then Glens Ferry beat Castleford in the 7-10 matchup, 51 to 36. Can, can we stop down on Glens Ferry real quick, Scott? Don't let me forget yeah. about this. I want to I want to do uh like an off-season interview with the with the McCones from Glens Ferry. Kelly McCone is the uh, the athletic director mm-hmm. at Glens Ferry. She's coached basketball in the past. Her daughter, Carly McCone, is now the head coach for girls basketball, and Kelly is her assistant. So it's daughter yeah. and mom coaching together. And then Carly, just in the last, what, two, three weeks, uh, delivered a child into the world. So it was, it's been a busy time for the McCones at Glens Ferry. It's been a pretty, yeah, uh, Glens Ferry's population grew by like 20% on that one. You know, <laughs> yes. just teasing Glens Ferry. I'm just making a joke, but that would be a great story. Just, I mean, with those two there, you just don't hear about that. And, and I think it's awesome. And so, yeah, absolutely. We need to get those guys on here and kind of find out what's going on. Yes, for sure. So, so that's with Glens Ferry. Uh, they and Valley both moved into then the double elimination portion of the bracket. And last night, Scott, is when we had uh, this opening uh, night uh, of activities. Uh, oh, lost my page there for a second. Let me pull that back up. Okay, so so last night in the opening round, Oakley, the one seed, beats Valley 51-17. Uh, Raft River, the two seed, beats Glen, Glens Ferry 54-27. Murtaugh, the three seed, beats Shoshone 54 to 40. And then you have this four five matchup, Carrie and Lighthouse Christian, the Panthers escape 37 to 35 with the win. Um, that game, Scott was Lighthouse Christians to lose the lions led 20 to 14 at halftime. They led by eight going into the fourth quarter. Uh, or it might've been even larger than that. Carrie had to outscore Lighthouse in the fourth quarter 
13 to five just to get out of there with the two point win. So this was a huge comeback for Kerry. And style points don't matter in the postseason, right? All that matters is you get the W. Yeah, that's that's all that matters. And you know, those four or five games are really fun matchups because you know they're generally pretty even. And Lighthouse is is just kicking themselves right now because they let one get away. And you can stomach sometimes letting one getting get away in the regular season, but when it comes tournament time, that's when you, you can't mess around anymore. And those sting a little bit more. Now, this this particular conference is, I mean, there's there's two spots available. We've talked about this over the course of the week um, or weeks, and there are you know really some good teams here. I mean, I think I think you're looking at. I mean, Oakley is obviously the favorite. You know, they're the ones that are uh, cruising in as the number one seed. They're uh, they've got weapons. They're 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 just good. Raft River, the number two seed, and I think that's where it should. I think the first three seeds, it's theirs to fight for those two spots. Now, if somebody wants to step up and play spoiler like a carry um, or somebody else, then go for it. But I think right now. Oakley, Raft River, and Murtaugh are the top three in that conference, and they are going to battle it out for the two spots to state. And, it, and it's too bad, too, because, you know, you look around the state, the Boise Valley isn't as strong. And we talked about this before. The, there's going to be a team left home here that could really do some damage at state, and, and it's unfortunate. But uh, the way I'm seeing it, you know, Oakley is – and Oakley and Raft River, they, they are completely different styles. You know, and we talk about Oakley and Raft River in just about everything that we we do. Um, and in basketball, they could not be any more different in in the girls' basketball way because Oakley, you know, Matt Payton has them very disciplined, and you know they're very uh, just tough and tough man defense. And you know, my conversations uh, with the coaches this year, I mean, it kept coming up. Uh, Oakley plays tough man, and you know they've got a great post in Fallon Bedke. You know, they've got guards that can really light it up. And Hope Payton, Addie Mitten, and and uh, Kylan Jones are all seniors. So they've all been there, done that. And that's why I think Oakley is the overwhelming, not to say overwhelming favorite, but they are the favorite to win this. Now, Rap River, on the other hand, Coach Dieters has got them out to a 19-2 and record. And they did beat Oakley early in the season. Um, but we talked about how those games matter and which ones matter and stuff like that but uh, they are the polar opposite they're athletic uh they want to run they want to press they want to quicken up the game you know they've got a, a kid uh, jones who's a three-point shooter uh they've got schumann in the post who was the player you know the conference player of the year last year you know so raft river's got you know some weapons as well i think they're pro if they have a problem is maybe they would get going too fast because they like to really quicken up the pace and sometimes you get going too fast and then mistakes happen and whatever, whatever. But I still think they are a legit number two. And then you got Murtaugh. And Murtaugh and Todd Jensen, who's been around forever as well, you know, coming in with a 16 and five record. You know, they're probably the dark horse that I think could maybe get in and upset Oakley and Raft River. And, you know, they, they lost to both uh, Raft River and Oakley in overtime. I mean, that's how close these three teams are. And, um, they're, they're a team that runs zone defense, you know, so it's a different style than what these other two teams are playing. Um, you know, Briley Widmeyer in the post, Ashley Stanger in the post, they're solid for Murtaugh. 
and and the guard line, Addy Stanger, you know, Jensen in the post. I mean, the thing about Murtaugh that really makes them a tough matchup is they've got length. You know, they they sit in this zone. And if you've got people think of you play a zone defense to cover up some size. Like I don't have enough size to battle in the paint or whatever the case is. But but sometimes you get a team with length and they sit in a zone and they just take up so much space that it makes it really tough to score on them. Well, that's Murtaugh. And Murtaugh can create a lot of turnovers out of their zone as well. And so I really think, and no offense to to Kerry or Lighthouse or anybody else, but I really think it's those three teams that are going to battle for those two spots. Now, hey, don't turn your back on Kerry. We'll see what happens with Oakley, right? Uh, They found a way to win against Lighthouse. And Lighthouse, let's see how they respond. I mean, Lighthouse has their players with Wolverton and Rogers, you know. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot going on here. With 10 teams, we could talk about all of them, you know, including Shoshone, who can upset anybody. You know, and we talked uh, a lot about Tim Chapman last last week. I mean, Shoshone's a team that's going to sit in the zone. They played it for 100 years. And they've, you know, Carly Chapman's a great shooter. And, and Tim and his experience always has his teams playing well at tournament time. So there's my quick take on that conference right now. Yeah, some of the highlights uh, from last night, Oakley in the win, Bentley Cranny, 24 points, Fallon Bedke inside had 11, uh, Raff River in their win, Logan Jones leads the way with 17 points, um, and Murtaugh's win over Shoshone, a 14-point win. Uh, Riley Widmeyer, 19 points. Courtney Jensen had 14. Carly Chapman led all scores with 21 points for Shoshone in that loss, yeah. by the way. And the same thing happened in the carry game where the, the leading score for the whole contest was Jordan Wolverton of Lighthouse. She had 19 points. Rogers had nine. Carry a little more spread out. Jane Park, Shaley Smith each had 12. So um, this yeah. is a, a league that is... Uh, not short on star power. It's not short on good quality teams. Uh, and you are going to be uh, in the front row seat for the action yeah. tomorrow night. These are uh, all at Jerome Valley against lighthouse in the loser out game, Glens Ferry and Shoshone in the second loser out game. And then the semis Oakley and Cary at six Murtaugh and raft river at seven 30, that Murtaugh raft river game in particular. I'm really excited to see. You'll recall that raft river did win the regular season matchup with Murtaugh. But it came in overtime. It came on a basically game-winning three from Libby Bowden with less than 20 seconds to play. And it came at the other end where Murtaugh thought they got a good look at the basket and thought a foul probably should have been called, and it didn't. And that's how they ended up falling. So there's there's a lot of intrigue surrounding that second semifinal. Should be a lot of fun to watch. So Yeah, it really should. I mean, you know, Oakley Oakley and Carey playing in that first one. Oakley won in the regular season 40-27. to So, again – Oakley, clear favorite, I think. But I, you're right. That second game between Raft River and Murtaugh, especially with that wound being so recent, how are they going to respond? Because if you're Murtaugh, man, that's locker room stuff right there. We let one get away. We can be that. And then you just come out with guns ablazing. And, uh, and Raft River, on the other hand, see how they respond. I, I don't know. I'm really interested in that, that second game as well. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun one. Okay, and we'll wrap up here with the 1A D2 Sawtooth Conference. Four-team affair, one bid to state. Dietrich, the one seed. Richfield, the two. Those are, they're they're kind of 
uh, way ahead of the three and the four. No, no knock on Hagerman or Camas County, right. but those are those are teams that are just struggling with numbers, right? Just trying to get, yeah. you know, a, a starting five and a bench. Um, these games were last night as well. Opening round, Dietrich beats Camas 64 17. Ridgefield beats Hagerman 35 to 8. And so now the question is this has been Ridgefield's league the last couple of years with uh, Buck Hendren, the head coach, and, and his daughter Casey, who uh, kind of leads the offense. Um, we know what a good volleyball team Richfield had this past year. And yet it's Dietrich who's had the success this year in the regular season. And Dietrich is the team that comes in with that number one overall seed. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is another battle and you're right. This is Dietrich and Richfield. This is the tobacco roads thing that we keep talking about every time we bring these guys up. Cause we're right down the road from each other, like Carolina and Duke, but, uh, it is a two team race and, and not to take anything away from Camus who has a, uh, a, a great player in, in Ashmead and Hagerman and DeVries. I mean, they, they're like you said, they're just not there yet, right? So Dietrich and Richfield, again, we talked about how Oakley and Raft River play opposite styles. Same thing here. You know, Dietrich uh, with uh, Rick and Charlie Estelle running the show there, um, coming in 18-3, and 6-0 and in conference. They haven't lost a conference game yet this year. Uh, and their losses are to Oakley, Murtaugh, and Raft River. The three teams we just got done talking about, those are the only three teams to beat Dietrich this year. You know, so this is a, this is a team that likes to play fast. They want to get shots up. And, um, you know, Haley Estelle is the playmaker. You know, she's the one that kind of gets it going. You know, Abby Hendricks and Sage Hubert, they contribute as well on that Dietrich team. But this is also a pretty deep Dietrich team that sometimes can play 10 players. You know, and if you want to play a fast style, like Dietrich does, you've got to have bodies to be able to do it. Or you're just going to run your horses into the ground. And, um, you know, and then Richfield, on the other hand, they are more deliberate in, in their approach and very defense oriented. And we've talked about the defense of Richfield in the past, and uh, that's just what they do. They like to get the ball inside to Shelby Jones and Maddie Long and let Casey Hendren attack from the outside, you know, but they're very a little bit more methodical. And they play about seven or eight girls. So you, you look at these two styles, which one is going to win out? Well, they they know each other so well. Dietrich has won both contests in the regular season. Uh, the first one, 38 to 20. And the second one was a offensive juggernaut, 25 to 23. Offense optional. But uh, they, they know each other so well that this might come down to like one of the role players stepping up and somebody that you didn't expect to get hot and do something. But uh, Dietrich and Richfield, man, they battle like Oakley and Raft River do. And uh, here's another one battling for that one spot to state. Yeah, you're right. The way that Richfield likes to play, it is a very deliberate uh, style. They're going to, they're going to body up on defense. They're going to make you earn it. <laughs> like just getting across half court sometimes is, is a struggle against this Richfield team. Um, I, I still remember, uh, Two years ago, Scott, my first state tournament with IdahoSports.com, it was the 1AD2 girls uh, tournament, and there was actually three teams from District 4 that made it. Cary and Camas County and Richfield want to play. This is back when the conference was bigger. Uh, Richfield won a play-in game against Garden Valley to get to state, and all the Garden Valley fans were belly aching. Ah, Richfield, they want to play football on the basketball court. It's just physical <laughs> and fouls. And I'm like, that's good defense. That's like yeah. you got to be able to overcome that. Like you complain about that that's a yeah that's a winning that's a, strategy that's exactly right that's what makes some of these boy teams in our conference so good minico is the first one that comes to mind 
you know, with Brady Trinkle just having that physical style of defense makes them win. You know, on the other side, on the girls' side, in, in the four A's, twin is that team. They can get physical with you. So there's something about a physical team that just doesn't wear on you physically. It wears on you mentally because after a while, you're just getting tired of getting beat down. And then you start to kind of make mistakes. And that's what they hope you do, you know. And, yeah, hats off to Richville. I, I love teams that can play that style. Definitely. Uh, they yeah, will the thing play. about that style, Brandon, is that style there travels. You know, yes. I mean, we, we, we talk about this off and on with different styles of basketball and how they succeed and whatnot. You know, a team that is tough and physical and plays defense and rebounds, they can do that on any court. It doesn't matter what the surroundings are. But when you are one of those teams that just relies on outside shooting all the time, I mean, you're playing in different gyms, different atmosphere, the, the depth perception behind the, the, the backboard, it all changes, you know? And so those teams, although may have great shooters and great seasons at some point it, it catches up to them, you know, and I've been broadcasting state tournaments for a, a while. And, and I'll tell you the most more likely than not, the teams that win state titles are the teams that number one can play defense and rebound. And number two can score in the paint. Those are the things that carry you, you know, um, we've seen the, live and die by the three-point arc, catch up to them in the state tournament somehow. But uh, that's why I like what Richfield does. You know, not saying they're going to beat Dietrich, but I'm just saying I like their style. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of it as well. So um, we will see they will play uh, in the undefeated semifinal game at Gooding High School tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Camas County and Hagerman will meet in a loser-out contest prior to that at 6 30 and this is a good way to transition now into a brief conversation about boys basketball um you talked about minico and the way they are just physical and body you up we've been at minico uh the last uh couple of times they've been at home on idahosports.com for magic valley game night we were there last week when they lost to burley uh, we were there last night as they took on pocatello in a non-conference game and i'll tell you what with about a minute to go in the third quarter, Minico had it within single digits against a Pocatello team that is, you know, only lost once this year and is generally considered one of the two best teams in the state in 4A basketball. So I was pretty impressed with Minico's ability to bounce back after a, a disappointing loss to Burley. Talking to Brady Trankel, the, the head coach, before the game last night, he said, you know, our problem is, is we don't seem to play well at home. He said, we're nine and three on the road. We're one and three at home. And he said, I don't know if that's a good strategy or not, considering, you know, we're at the top of the division right now <laughs> and we would have home games uh, for districts. Um, I think Minico is a team that's still trying to figure out offensively. How do they get the ball rolling a little bit? And talking to Brady last night, he also told me, of course, we want to win this game against Pocatello, but the really important game is Thursday night when Jerome comes to town, and that will be another game we will have for you on IdahoSports.com, Magic Valley game night, Jerome at Minico. Scott, this game is huge as everybody is trying to keep pace with Twin at the top of the league standings. Well, and you know what? This this conference, it's like nobody wants to win it yeah. because you know you got Minico losing to Burley, uh, three-win Burley at home in one of the biggest rivalry games that you'll find in the state of Idaho when Burley and Minico tangle. Uh, 
and you lose on your home floor. I mean, and then Jerome gives one away against Twin and then gives another one away last night against Mountain Home. So they're coming off of two home losses in the conference. And meanwhile, Twin is just saying, all right, everybody, you just go ahead and do what you're doing because that's just separating us from everybody else. And right now, Twin sitting atop the conference with a seven and three record and then a log jam after that, you know. So there was a point where if anybody wanted to step up and take control of the conference, they could have. Minico went into just a little bit of a slump, but that surrounded when Brevin got hurt as well, you know, and then uh, Jerome just, I don't know what, what their issue is. So they better figure it out tomorrow night when they go to Minico, you know, yeah. so that's a big game. That is a humongous game, and we're, we're glad to bring it to you on IdahoSports.com. And speaking of, uh, we are also planning on broadcasting some district tournament action on the girls' side, Scott, as we talked about that 1A D1 uh, girls' district tournament. Uh, the uh, third and fourth place game and the championship game. Uh, you know, I'm going to pull up the bracket again real quick just so everyone can – know what we're going to be broadcasting from that one AD one tournament. Um, so if you look at the bracket here, you will see on the seventh next Tuesday, February 7th, there's going to be a double header at CSI, the college of Southern Idaho. It'll be the yep. basically the third and fourth place game at six followed by the district championship at 7.30. We will have both of those games for you on idahosports.com, and then we will also uh, be broadcasting the second and third place game two nights later at your place, at Jerome High. We're going to do that that battle yeah. for the second bid to state um, between the second and third place team. That'll be Thursday, February 9th at 7 p.m. So we're going to bring you three games from the 1A D1 district tournament at CSI and Jerome. And we're pretty excited to be able to do that. You know, and, and the funny thing is you, you look at those two games and again, I, I'm a philosophy type of, you know, kind of pressure guy. I mean, I, I like the, the intricacies that go on, you know, behind the games, right? Well, you're looking at that first game, that winner to state game um, will decide the conference champion. Okay. Very exciting. But the loser of that game still has a shot to go to state. So it's not like, you know, okay, we're not done yet. They, they get another chance, but that second and third place game, that one really is tense. That is the pressure packed game right there because there is no second chance, right? The winner's going to go to state. The loser's done. I mean, there is a fine line between winning and losing in that second and third place game. That's why that game there um, are, I love to watch, uh, love to call, love to, to be at just because of what's at stake. If you, if you understand what I'm saying, right? Yes. The, the emotionally, how do you turn around and, and bounce back from that? And I will tell you last year, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up last year's bracket just to show everybody, you know, what can happen in this type of scenario last year. Here's a familiar story. Oakley, Rap River, Murtaugh were your top three teams. Murtaugh was the number one seed last year. They That's lose right. to Oak. They lose to Oakley in that championship, forty-eight, forty-two. They then had to turn around and play 
uh, or excuse me, they lost to Raps River in the championship 48-42. They then had to turn around and play Oakley for that second spot to state and couldn't get it done. Oakley won 35-32. So Murtaugh went from number one seed to missing out on state just like that in the blink of an eye. Two very close competitive games last year that did not go the Red Devils way. So, yep. Yeah, yep. Gonna be good. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, being a part of this 1A D1 conference. Uh, the only game, the only games I will not be at will be this Saturday on the 4th um, because of our Hall of Fame banquet. Um, the, hence the party planner. <laughs> that's, right. that's what's going to pull me away. But otherwise, I'm courtside. I'm on the mic. I'm playing music. I'm uh, doing the PA and just having a blast with these, these guys. And I, and I tell you what, every – Everybody in this conference that I've talked to, all the coaches, the ADs, I mean, they're, they are just good people. I mean, I just enjoy the heck out of everybody that's in that, that conference, especially just because I see them at all the AD meetings and they're just, just down to earth. And well, a couple of them are AD and coaches, you know, head coaches at the same time, but they're so, you know, appreciative of being able to come over here. Um, and their, their players are very, very polite and thankful and, you know, it's just good people, you know, and I talk about Americana all the time, don't I? Oh, this is that conference. Right. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see him play. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just uh, stay tuned to the game streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. We're going to be doing district uh, championship games across the state. So uh, we're going to have a lot of postseason action for you on tap ahead of state. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in everybody to the magic Valley prep cast. Enjoy the, competition wherever you're at this week slash weekend hopefully your favorite team advances to state and uh, we'll be back here next week to break it all down again for scott burton i'm brandon bainey and we'll see you next time on idahosports.com